0: Casting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X Studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to healthcare.
1: Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes. This, this, is, this is <laughs> What Jim a way Morrow. to start. This is To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow, and I am Jim Morrow, and I'm tickled to death that you would... Decide to take a half hour out of your day to listen to our podcast. I appreciate it very much. I am in my office studio, which I have spruced up a bit, John. John Ray is my producer. He's, I believe, at his home studio today, which is very swanky. He's got all the bells and whistles, but I have spruced mine up outside my office door. John, I now have a Bluetooth sign that says on air. Really? When I'm on the air. Uh-huh. So once every two weeks, it lights up and I have to recharge it every time because the battery in it dies in between. But nonetheless, it says on air. And I'm very excited about that because I am, in fact, on the air. We're <laughs> going to talk today about a couple of things that um, that people like to argue with me about. But I'm, I'm going to start off with some myths about the COVID vaccine. And before I do that, I'm being rude. John, how are you today?
0: I'm fine yeah I, I I hope you're doing okay you You sound pretty spicy today
1: i'm I'm great I am great okay um, but I am excited, and I've had several patients tell me lately that they were listening to the podcast either some of them every time, but more often than not you know occasionally, when the topic struck them and stuff and i I do appreciate that it takes a lot to spend thirty minutes of your time listening to something like this, and I just I think that's wonderful, and thanks so much for everyone who's done it, if you have not hit the subscribe button, do that on the app that you're listening on, and you'll get notified when there's a new episode, which is the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month. as a rule. So let's talk about COVID vaccine, The some myths about the COVID vaccine. We talked about myths about something else, forget what it was, but the first one I want to talk about is that you can delay your vaccine until the pandemic's over, which is a lot like putting on your seatbelt when you get to your destination. So Don't do that. You want to get your vaccine now so that you can be immune now in the time when less people are vaccinated and more people are getting it and spreading it and getting sick from it. So don't be one of those who gets COVID and gets really, really sick from it. Be one of those who gets a vaccine and gets COVID and doesn't hardly get very sick at all. That's really what you're after because you still might get COVID. We'll talk about that. But the point is get it now. Get it now. Myth number two, the COVID vaccine was developed too fast to be safe. And that's a popular thought. This technology is speaking mainly about right now the mRNA technology that Pfizer and Moderna use in their vaccine. It is not new by a long shot. It's been used extensively and studied and used in cancer research a lot for a long time, going back to the 1980s. And they've also been studied for other infections, including things like the Zika virus and even rabies and cytomegalovirus. And they're, they've been using this and studying this for a long time. There is no problem with this vaccine. There's nothing about it that will cause you any trouble. And it's very, very safe. It's been studied for, what is it, close to 35, 40 years now. The other vaccine platform, instead of using mRNA, uses a weakened adenovirus. It's actually a chimpanzee adenovirus. It makes chimpanzees sick. It doesn't make us sick. And it's been studied and used in many, many vaccines over the years. And the trials for the COVID-19 vaccines were done with the same rigor and controls and, and, and level of intensity, I guess you should say, that all the other vaccine trials that have ever been done were conducted. And so this is a very safe vaccine. It's been approved by multiple independent panels and it's been found to be very good. And the ability for the developers to be more efficient in getting these things, that was due to increased collaboration. It turns out if you take all the vaccine research capabilities on the entire planet and point it towards one virus, you can get stuff done. So it's very, very safe. It was not developed too fast. Myth, myth. I can't say that well. Myth number three, there weren't enough participants in the clinical trials to say that the vaccines are safe. Well, that's also not true because they had tens of thousands of participants in the vaccine trials, and many of these were followed for months after receiving even their second vaccine. So they, they've had as, as the same numbers, really, of people in these trials as they have any other. Now, if you argue that the, let's say, polio vaccine has been studied for longer, well, of course it has because polio was back in the 1950s, and this has just emerged two years ago almost. And so, yes, the study, the length of time has been studied is shorter, but the need for these vaccines is now, and these vaccines are safe, so I encourage you to get them. So after they were authorized, The CDC, the FDA, and many other groups have continued actively monitoring the people in the trials for safety concerns, and there have been a few cases of blood clots and low platelet counts in people that got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Now, I will admit that I'm a fan of the mRNA vaccines, and the reason for that is when they first were studied and the research came out, they showed that they were 94 and 95% effective at preventing all infections, not just serious disease and death, but all infections. And J&J was 65%. And to me, that difference is important. Now, if you feel like you'd rather have the adenovirus vaccine, get it. By all means, get it because you're better off with any vaccine than none. But if you're concerned about the blood clots and low platelet counts, these were incredibly rare. They had 15 cases out of 8 million doses. So the CDC has continued to recommend this vaccine. Now, I explain that to patients sometimes. I'll use an analogy or or really just a story. I'll say there been 193 million people vaccinated in America. And I might have said this on the last podcast, John. There's been 193 million people. So if you've got 193 million people together at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, because I'm old and that's what I think of and I know they're not there anymore, but if you get 193 million people together today on November the 10th and you say, okay, come back tomorrow, tomorrow, when everybody comes back, everybody doesn't come back because some of those people died. Some of those people had blood clots. Some of those people have got low platelet counts. Some of those people were killed in car wrecks. Some of those people were have, are dead for who knows what reason but it wasn't the vaccine because you didn't vaccinate anybody. Now, if you had vaccinated all 193 million people that first day you had them together, you would swear and declare that the vaccine killed those people. And it just doesn't happen. Number four. See, I avoided saying myth there, John, because I didn't say it well. Number four, I've already had COVID, so I don't need the vaccine. Well, that's just not true because we don't know how long the natural immunity from having had the infection lasts, and there are reports of people becoming infected even after being ill with COVID, and that's not uncommon at all. Plus, you can get COVID multiple times, so if you get COVID multiple times, what good's the immunity from getting COVID? Clearly, it's not very good, so people who have had COVID-19 are encouraged to get vaccinated once they've recovered, and they no longer have symptoms. You don't have to wait three months, you don't have to wait any period. If your symptoms are gone, go get a vaccine, because you will get COVID again if you don't have a vaccine, and a vaccine can keep you from having a very bad outcome. Number five, and I had a patient say this COVID 19 vaccine will alter my DNA. I asked a patient, been two months ago now, have you had the vaccine? No, not getting it. It's not a vaccine. It's gene therapy. I went, oh my goodness. So it will not alter your DNA. It cannot do that. It's not possible. Messenger RNA, the mRNA, gets into the cell's cytoplasm, the, the gel that is the cell itself, and it stays there, and not for long, it dies off pretty quickly, or it's chewed up pretty quickly. It never gets into the nucleus of your cell, which is where your DNA is. Now, if you know anything about cells, you got a cell, draw a circle on the table, you got a cell here, and inside that circle, draw a little black dot. That little black dot is the nucleus. And that's where the DNA, your genetic material, is in that cell. mRNA can't get in there. It just can't. No matter what somebody on the Jerry Springer show said, it can't get in there. Period. Can't happen. So it cannot alter your DNA. The adenovirus platform uses a DNA encoded spike protein. So they have the genetic code of the spike protein. They have put that DNA in there, and it gets into the cell but does not alter the cell's DNA. It can't do that. It doesn't match up. It's like doing a jigsaw puzzle and taking a piece from a different puzzle and putting it in. It won't fit. It just, it just won't. Number six, <laughs> the vaccine will make me infertile. And, and and there were concerns in the very beginning of the studies about this but it turned out just not to be the case there's currently no evidence that vaccine from covid of covid-19 can cause any problems with pregnancy or with getting pregnant on either the male or the female side it just doesn't do that and there's no evidence that fertility problems result down the road from having gotten the vaccine <laughs> COVID-19 vaccines, this is number seven. The vaccine was developed to deliver a microchip into my body. One of my friends is an emergency room doc, and he got his vaccine very early, and he put a picture of himself getting the vaccine on Facebook, and he said, microchip installed. And he had to take the post down because people thought he was serious and they were believing him and they were going nuts over it, so he had to take it down, but no microchip there's no reason to be and I have a microchip in there. There's nothing about that. It's a microchip. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Number eight, I don't need to wear a mask after I'm vaccinated. Now, this is very understandable because when people first started getting vaccinated, the CDC said if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that in all first week of August, I got covid ended up with bilateral COVID pneumonia, ended up in the hospital for a short period, um, was very fortunate, recovered. But while when I got sick, the, the guideline was you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. And before I got well, the guideline had changed back to you do need to wear a mask. And it's called learning. It's not us changing our mind. Everybody says that, but it's not. It's called learning. So we learned while I was sick that, you know, In fact, you do need to wear a mask because you can get COVID after vaccine and you can transmit it, but you're not going to end up on a ventilator on high dose oxygen and so forth. You're not going to die so forth. If you've had the vaccine, it just hasn't happened. Number nine, I only need one dose of the vaccine to be protected. Well, like anything else, you need to take the amount of medicine that is needed to accomplish the job and with, uh, the mRNA vaccines, it is two doses with Johnson and Johnson. It is one, but you need to get the proper, the proper doses and all of them in order to say that you're vaccinated. Had a patient a month ago now telling me that she had a friend who died after getting the COVID vaccine. I said, no, they didn't. She said, yes, they did. They got the vaccine and they died. I said, no, I don't think so. I said, if they did, the NBC News would be all over their house. It'd be all over every magazine in the country because it hasn't happened. And she said, well, he got one of the vaccines. (laughs) You got to get both vaccines and wait two weeks, and then you're vaccinated and immune to the serious diseases and death that COVID-19 can cause. Number 10, I have to pay for the vaccine. No, you don't. Anyone living in the United States can get the COVID-19 vaccine for free. Even if you're not a citizen, that's a whole separate podcast. You do not have to pay for the COVID-19 vaccine. So I hope those things will help clear some things up. Um, You know, if you are unsure about the vaccine, if you still have questions, talk to your family doctor. If you're a, a patient of Village Medical, uh, what we used to know as Mara Family Medicine here and in coming in Milton, Georgia, please ask us. Either come in or call or something, but ask your questions so you can get your questions answered, and hopefully it'll lead you to get a vaccine, because I'm here to tell you, you need a vaccine. Now, I get asked a lot about that, and also get asked a lot about the topic for today, which is not terribly long, but I think it's important. It's something that our opinion about has changed over the years. Again, we've learned some things about this and that is supplements. I want to talk about supplements. I have a lot of patients that will come in. They have a public grocery bag full of the supplements and vitamins they take every day. And uh, we have discussions about them and how they can help or what they might do and so forth. So supplements, whether they're, they, they come in a, a lot of different, Sizes, and shapes and forms might be a pill a powder some of them are liquid they're nasty tasting if they are but they're liquid but the goal of supplements is the same it's to supplement your diet to get enough nutrients and enhance your health i give you a look it up in the dictionary that's what it says they contain at least and this is pretty much what they have to contain to be called that they contain at least one dietary ingredient might be a vitamin or mineral, some herb, a botanical of some sort, amino acids or enzymes. And some of the most popular supplements come in a multivitamin. And that, if you're going to take these things, that's nice because it can keep you from taking 12 different things a day, but you just take a multivitamin. But they can also be purchased in most cases as a standalone supplement, just as that one thing in one pill. And that's, you know, that's all that's in that pill. But they're all labeled as dietary supplements. And some of the more common supplements people take are things like calcium, right? A lot of people need to take calcium. Postmenopausal women, especially thin postmenopausal women need to take calcium, fish oil. A lot of people take fish oil. They are trying to lower their cholesterol and triglycerides and so forth, raise their HDL and help the cholesterol ratios. And they might take fish oil echinacea. Uh, People use echinacea to uh, try to prevent or treat a cold. Uh, They'd be better off with a shot of bourbon, but they use echinacea to try to treat a cold. And then things like ginseng and garlic and St. John's wort and green tea, but then vitamin D. And vitamin D, again, postmenopausal women need to be taking vitamin D. And everybody probably has heard a lot about vitamin D in relation to COVID because it does play a part in immunity. So you don't want to be vitamin D deficient. So find out if you are, and if you are, replace your vitamin D. Now, some supplements are effective, and some supplements are not. And some of the supplements are very popular, and the reason is, sometimes they work. Sometimes they work, and there is some evidence that supplements can benefit your overall well-being with little to no risk. That's one of the good things about them. There's really not a great deal of downside to them. So some of the common supplements that might benefit your health are things like vitamin B12. If you're not getting enough B12 in your daily diet, then you might need to replace the B12. This is important in nerve and blood cell health, and it helps us make DNA, and it prevents anemia. If you're B12 deficient, your blood cells will be larger than normal. And if they're larger than as they circulate through your body, they'll get banged around and they'll break down. And if enough of them break down, you can become anemic. Uh, folic acid, same thing with blood cells. And also it helps to reduce birth defects. Obviously very important. So you want to be sure you have enough of that. And most of your prenatal vitamins have a good bit of folic acid in them to help be sure that level is where it needs to be. Vitamin C and E are said to help prevent cell damage. The the science is pretty weak on that, but that's why people take them. I mentioned fish oil, trying to help your cholesterol and improve your heart health. They're not the world's most effective things, but that's what they're intended for. Vitamin A can slow down vision loss from things like macular degeneration. And if you have macular degeneration, you probably should talk to your ophthalmologist about whether or not you should be taking vitamin A. Zinc, uh, I think all those people that are not taking the vaccine are taking zinc every day because they don't believe in the vaccine, but they believe in zinc. And you know, zinc can, can help with a couple of things, but it's not the world's most important thing. And I don't, I don't think there's any real good science that zinc does anybody a lot of good. And melatonin is another supplement. And people use melatonin to counteract jet lag and also, of course, to try to help them sleep. I think in, what's this now, 36 years? Something like that. I've seen, I've probably seen two people that thought melatonin helped. But despite the research that's been done on supplements, scientific evidence really isn't clear. There's just not a lot of real clear evidence that these things help now keep in mind most of the studies suggest that multivitamins won't make you live longer they won't slow cognitive decline and they won't lower your chances of disease like heart disease and cancer and diabetes they don't do those things and it's illegal for companies to make claims that supplements will treat diagnose prevent or cure disease that's why on, if you hear the commercial every one of them said this product has not been shown to to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure whatever it is we're talking about. Well, if it's not going to treat, diagnose, I don't know how it would diagnose, prevent, or cure diseases of any kind, the only thing that happens is it makes your wallet lighter. And the products you buy in store online may be different from those that are used in the study. So the studies can be misleading. And the supplements are just not always safe. In in the majority of cases, the vast majority of cases, multivitamins aren't aren't likely to really pose any health threat or risk to you. But it's important to be cautious when you put anything in your body. And the supplements can interact with other meds that you're taking. They can pose risks if you have certain medical conditions like liver disease or if you're going to have surgery and you're taking a bunch of fish oil and don't tell somebody, you can bleed excessively and so forth so you have to be careful they've not been tested in pregnant women nursing mothers small children so you need to take extra precautions in a lot of situations it's not it's not a totally benign thing to be doing and federal regulations for supplements are much less strict than they are for prescription drugs remarkably less than they are and some supplements. I thought this was very interesting in doing some research. Some supplements contain ingredients that are not on the label, and these ingredients aren't always safe. And some of them actually pres- contain some prescription drugs within them, drugs that are not allowed to be in dietary supplements. And it's always been interesting to me that I'll see a patient and say they should take this, and oh, I don't want to take, I don't want to take medicine. I don't want to take medicine. But if you look at their list, they're taking 16 different types of these things that are unproven and unstudied to a great extent, but they don't want to take something that's been studied and proven to help. They just don't want to take what someone else said to take. I mean, speaking of risk, vitamin K can reduce the effectiveness of Coumadin and some other blood thinners. Ginkgo. You'd think ginkgo would be pretty benign, but it, it can increase blood thinning. And I'll tell you right now, it's not going to help your memory. It will not do it. St. John's wort, which is, has a minimal antidepressant effect in some people, can make some drugs like antidepressants have a problem, and it can make birth control less effective. And if you're a young woman listening to this, I'm going to say that again. St. John's wort can make birth control less effective. And this is how you want to find that out in a podcast. You don't want to find that out with a pregnancy stick in your hand. Herbal supplements like comfrey and kava can damage your liver. I mean, just the saying those words sounds like it could damage your liver. Comfrey and kava. And then beta carotene can increase the risk of lung cancer if you're a smoker. So can vitamin A. So I bet you if you're a supplement taker, I bet you never thought about that. You never heard that. But beta carotene and vitamin A can increase the risk of lung cancer if you're a smoker. So talk to your health care provider before you start taking any supplements. Be sure you're not taking a medication that that can interact with. Be sure you don't have some problem that it can make worse or it can accelerate. Be careful with that kind of thing. And the most important thing to remember is to be smart. When you're choosing a supplement, discuss it with your doctor, your caregiver, and be sure that it's something that's gonna be good for you. And on top of that, keep some of these, some tips I have for you in mind as you choose a supplement, okay? Take the supplement as directed according to the label and your healthcare provider's instructions. If it says take three a day, take three. Don't take six thinking you'll get better faster. Take three, read the label read the ingredients, drug interactions, to the extent that they're on there. And a lot of these things don't say anything about that. And one thing I think is really important is the percent daily value. Uh, it used to be the recommended daily allowance, the RDA, but it's DV on some labels, it's RDA on some labels. But the percent daily value, that's basically the amount of that chemical that you can absorb in a day. And if, you, if you're if you a vitamin taker, and supplement taker, if you look at the label, it's going to say that it has, in some cases, 3,000% of the amount you should take every day. 3,000%. That's 30 times 100%. So 100% is the most you should take in a day, 30 times that amount. And if you are taking vitamins like that in supplements, <clears throat> I'll promise you that when you go to the bathroom and urinate, your urine is the goldest most beautiful yellow looks like a glow in the dark urine because that's money in your urine. That's expensive urine because you've got supplements and vitamins going straight out in your urine, not doing you a bit of good. And you're just, they're going straight through your body. So be aware of those things. Look for extreme claims like completely safe works better than whatever prescription drug, that kind of thing. And remember that when it says natural, it doesn't necessarily mean safe. Hemlock is natural. I'm pretty sure it's not safe. Like any medication, keep them stored right and away from children so they can't get into them because children are very inquisitive. We all know that. You don't want to have a problem like that. And lastly, nothing beats the nutrient power of a healthy diet. No matter what your goal is, when you're taking supplements, one thing's for sure. They aren't a replacement for a good, healthy diet. They're just not. Nothing about them is a good replacement for that. Supplements aren't meant to be a supplementary, meaning they're, they enhance benefits already provided by a well-rounded diet. They're not meant to be a standalone way to eat. It's not a pill you can have like in science fiction movies. Not a pill you can have in your entire daily nutrition's there. They supplement a good diet, and if the diet truly is good, you probably really don't need them. Vitamins and minerals are essential in helping our bodies develop and function the way it should. And most people do get what they need from a healthy diet, and and some others need a little bit of extra nutrient boost. And that's where supplements come in, providing you with the support that your body needs to work the way it's supposed to. But Johns Hopkins, very reputable hospital system and educational facility, did a very large study recently that showed no benefit at all from taking supplements and multivitamins, none at all. Now, I don't know how many people might listen to this and change their habits, but at least if you're listening and you're one who takes vitamins and supplements at least you're aware and if you do that you know the the, probably in most cases the worst thing that'll happen is you'll spend money you don't need to spend and that's for most people not the end of the world for some people it's important but if if you are doing this i hope you will examine what you're taking and maybe take it to the doctor next time you go for something else and ask them about them But be very aware of what you're taking, what you're taking it for, how you're taking it, and be aware of what you're spending on it, because I think that's an important fact. John, that's the good, the bad, and the supplements.
0: I heard mostly bad.
1: Well, in my opinion, I think in the opinion of most docs and scientists, there's just not a lot of good. There's, There's not a lot of terrible but it's just why bother kind of because it's just not going to do you a lot of good.
0: No harm, just no good. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. It does a lot of good for the
1: the companies that make them. That's for sure.
0: Lots of margin. Not for the the people. Lots of margin in those things. Uh, You won't bet. Yep. Lots of margin. Um, So let me ask you a question uh, about the folks that, um i guess are getting their bias confirmed trying to get their bias confirmed on the vaccine, covid vaccine and argue with you about that yeah. so so at what and i'm guess i'm asking this on behalf of some of our uh, our listeners out there who you know feel the same way you do and listen to some of this stuff and try to counter it. But is it, is that even worth it? I mean, because people don't really that have a certain point of view do not want to be convinced, right?
1: Pretty much true. Yeah. I mean, how Um, do you deal with
0: that every day? I mean, that must be awfully frustrating.
1: (laughs) I deal with it less well than I did at the beginning. I'll tell you that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, people do, they, I think people who have an opinion about this are, for the most part, unlikely to be swayed. A lot of people I see are just on the fence. They really don't have a strong opinion of it either way, and they're looking for information, and that's great, and I try to provide that. But, you know, there have been a lot of programs to try to incentivize people to get the COVID vaccine, okay? Peggy and I were talking about this. It's been a few months ago now. But one of them was if you got a COVID vaccine, you got a dozen Dunkin' Donuts or a dozen Krispy Kreme. Not Dunkin', it's a good donut, Krispy Kreme. And another one was if you were at a Braves game and got a COVID vaccine, they give you two tickets to a Braves game, a future Braves game. And so at the time, the Braves weren't playing that well. And I wondered if you didn't get it, would they give you four tickets to the game? (laughs) Get it, get two tickets. But then, you know, they won the World Series. I'm thankful about that. That was great. But people are just not likely to really change their mind based on a short conversation. And I have beat my head against that wall more times than I can count. Um what I do now is I'll ask them, have you been vaccinated? No. Is there any and then I'll say is there anything I can say or try to explain that might encourage you to be vaccinated? And if the answer to that's no, I move on to the next thing. And Darwin will sort that out. Because he will,
0: mm.
1: survival of the fittest, natural selection. Because you're either going to get COVID or you're going to get a vaccine, and you have a choice. And if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to get COVID. You can have it as many times as there is, and you have a two out of ten chance of having something happen to you when you have COVID that can affect your overall health for a very long period of time, if not forever.
0: Mm. So, one other question, and. Let let me, I'm going to make a statement based on what I heard you say about the vaccine. And I want you to agree or disagree. And if you disagree, tell me uh, where, where I missed this. Okay. Um, if you get the vaccine, it does not prevent COVID. It only moderates the symptoms when you get COVID because you will get COVID is that a tr- well, I think
1: if not i don't think that's exactly right okay. if you don't get the vaccine our belief is if you don't get the vaccine you're going to get covid if you do get the vaccine you might get covid okay. but if you do get covid you'll have a less severe illness than if you were not vaccinated so okay. the vaccine prevents serious disease and death but not completely does not completely prevent infection or the spread which is why we're still wearing masks.
0: Right. But it, I hate them. Yeah. We all hate them. It, no, everybody hates them. So we can all agree on that. Right. I think so, but, yeah. but yeah, but, um, okay. So I want to just make sure I understood that because the vaccine itself, depending on who you are and your makeup may or may not prevent COVID. Right. But the importance is it keeps you from, uh, Really severe symptoms. Yeah, really. Yeah.
1: And it it, the vaccine reduces the chance of you getting COVID, which reduces the chance of you giving it to someone who did not get vaccinated. So it's a a good thing to do for yourself. It's a good thing to do for your community. It's the right thing to do. And hopefully more people will do it. Whereas 47.8% the other day when I looked in Georgia, vaccinated people, that's miserable. That's horrible. Less than half of people have been fully vaccinated. We need to do better or we'll never get away from these masks.
0: Well, on that cheery thought, <laughs> on that guess, cheery thought, we <laughs> uh, you want to uh, let everybody know what we've got next time?
1: Yes. Next time we have a guest and John, you know, than I do a guest from the,
0: From the Alzheimer's Alzheimer's Foundation? Yeah, the Alzheimer's Association here in Georgia, the Georgia chapter. And um, uh, she's going to talk about the 10 signs of Alzheimer's. And uh, no, you don't necessarily have Alzheimer's because you can't remember your doctor's name when you walk into the room and see him, even though you've seen him multiple times. I had this happen to me this morning, a lady I've known forever, and I couldn't remember her name. Doesn't mean I have Alzheimer's. This lady is going to cut through the fact and the fiction on the signs of Alzheimer's and talk about the resources that the Georgia chapter of the Alzheimer's Association has for both those that are uh, suffering from this terrible malady and caregivers.
1: Super. Those caregivers are very important. You have to look after them just like we do the patients. So uh, next time on To Your Health, we'll be talking with them. And for now, that is To Your Health.